servant leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell? I just want you to know that like in the Patreon copy that I know you haven't looked at in years, not years, as of in years, but <laughs> since in a while, it says, and now here's the show. And you always say on to the show. That is now your new catchphrase. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you don't care. You don't care for my writing. It doesn't matter. I say whatever I want. <laughs> you do. This is true. You know, in um in a very Potter musical, uh, Darren Chris is, you know, being Harry Potter and he's talking about like what he would do if he had a cloak of invisibility and like I I know exactly what you mean. Right? I'd, uh, I'd kick wiener dogs. <laughs> I'd kick wiener dogs. Uh, and it's because he forgot his line. There's some other line written for that, and he did not remember it. So that's what he said. <laughs> but, like, every time that the girl who plays Hermione is yelling at Harry, she's really ye- yelling at Darren because he has, once again, forgotten a line. <laughs> yeah, I believe just it. not said it, and I love it. I'd, uh, what, what did Hermione say? I'd avoid ever having to look at my face in the mirror. You <laughs> <laughs> think it's something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so vicious. You know what? Uh, you know what show is truly terrible. Which one? Like, like a hateful, awful show. That new Harry Potter trivia show that Helen Mirren, uh, um, hosts. Yeah. Have you seen that at all? No, I I have avoided all of it. I have friends who like actively follow it, and I I don't care. Oh my god, Joe! It is a hateful little show. Like, like the people they bring in are. You know, they're like, Harry Potter is my life. Everything's great. And they're like, but they're like clearly like internet influencers that they bring in, <laughs> you know, to like do this. And the questions are all garbage. You know, and Helen Mirren clearly hasn't read a single piece of Harry Potter or knows what's going it. on. I'm so and proud so of she's her. like, Ooh, I'm Helen Mirren. And, and I love Helen Mirren. I think she's wonderful. But like, she is just like, it is such a hateful show. Like, I was watching a little bit last night with Beth and I, and I was shocked at how stupid and bad and and hateful it is like everybody's behaving silly like the questions are bullshit so like there was a like they'll play like a clip from the movie and they'll have like this like 15 second clip and then the question is it's like how many spells did ron weasley cast in that one and i'm like ah fuck i don't give a shit like i don't know (laughs) you know like and and then like and then like they debate it like the three Slytherins are like well Ron you know Ron likes to cast spells sometimes well that's true but on average Ron averages like six spells a book well that is true too hmm, what should we I was like just answer the goddamn question right. like, like <laughs> we don't need to watch this this is dumb we're like Helen and, and it's great Helmir literally has no clue who any of these people are she's like mm, yeah whatever. <laughs> right hermione i'm here because i'm british oh gosh yeah yeah i uh that confirms my desire to never watch it i just think that if we're going to do an actual harry potter trivia show everything needs to be on the table like every book every movie every parody video every you know all wizard rock you know like 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 everything needs to be there because that's that's really the only way this can be like be be even remotely entertaining, right? Like in uh, in in their greatest hit, the the Moaning Myrtles sing about prefix in wit song. Have you ever listened to the Moaning Myrtles? Moaning Myrtles are great. Really? Okay, I have. Yeah, not they're listened. 
it's wizard rock so it's very silly but but like I, we went to college with one of the girls who was in the moaning myrtles hmm. and they've got this song um called prefix or hot <laughs> and it's just about myrtle um spying on prefix in the prefix bath bathroom Oh, and yeah. like just like furiously ghost masturbating. Oh my god! You know, <laughs> <laughs> prefix are hot. Prefix are hot. Like it's really great. It's really great. I'd like to solve the mystery between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm like wow. Fair enough. I, you know, that's really, so uh, the only like Harry Potter fanfic that I've ever actually engaged with was um, when I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Fest and you just go to like a bunch of free shows. And one of them was a comedian who was like, this is our fanfic hour and read from like Harry Potter fanfic, Star Wars fanfic. It was really great Star Wars fanfic. Um, Mm -hmm. But the Harry Potter one, I remember being like delightfully funny. Like I was just really here for all of it. Do I remember what it was about? No. Do I care? No. But I remember enjoying myself for like yeah. that half hour. And that's kind of just like a perfect feeling. And therefore, I don't need to open the book up again, right? I don't need to engage with anything else. I don't need to think about it again. Otherwise, things will be ruined. Yeah, I understand. I understand that. Yeah, I mean, the fanfic, like, I read My Immortal. You ever read that fanfic? No. The the My Immortal fanfic is this kind of, I'm sure you'll be able to still find it. Somebody, I we think it's a serious fanfic. If it's if it's a joke, it, it's it's a work of pure genius. Like if it's a joke, it's 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 like it, it's above you know Plato and Aristotle and and like like nobody has ever quite achieved it. So we're pretty sure it's serious. But it's a piece of but it's a piece of fanfic um, that imagines Harry the Harry Potter world as like this mid two thousands goth vampire world. Ooh, okay. And, and so Harry, I think Harry changes his. What is Harry? Does Harry have a different name? I can't remember. But like, like Voldemort is a prep. He's a preppy man. Like that's how that's how Voldemort's described. He's not a vampire. He's not a goth. He's a prep, and that's okay. what makes him evil. And and it's just very bad. Like it's everybody, but but like it's it's like a very clear snapshot of like the soul of the Harry Potter fandom. Like everybody okay. is sleeping with everybody and there's gender bending and there's, you know, there's like, everybody is very gay and, mm. and it doesn't matter. And it's written horrendously. And um, like, like there are moments where like, I think Harry, I think they, they rename Harry vampire. Like that's just his name. Vampire. <laughs> But like for the first like couple of pages, it's just Harry. And then suddenly they call him vampire. And then like in parentheses, like the author puts, oh, Harry's a goth vampire now. And like, that's what it says. (laughs) And they move on. It's called My Immortal. Um, It's amazing. I, uh, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it, except you got to go, you got to go read it. It's, and so like the first, maybe the first half of it, there's this editor Okay, so there's this sort of like meta story that's going into the story where like at the beginning of each chapter, like the author in in like italics will will be like, thanks once again to such and such Quidditch 69 for helping me 
edit this whatever like 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 she gives like this this editor's like name uh this editor's like internet name you know couldn't have done it without her but then like they very clearly break up <laughs> like they're obviously fucking and they very clearly break up like maybe at chapter 20 and then like there is no editing and so like it was already kind of bad and then it like then it like dives into almost total incoherence like yeah. after this editor after they stop screwing and this editor like disappears from the project it's amazing that's why like when you if you ever read it that's why i say like it is it is either a, a serious you know fanfic that is just done very badly you know where this author like is working out a lot of her stuff you know like, like right. what if harry and draco fucked and they do they end up fucking you know oh, like what if yeah. what if harry and draco fuck and what if they're both vampires and goth and then what if they go see a good charlotte concert that <laughs> happens that happens in the story they go and see a good charlotte concert i'm pretty sure hermione sleeps with the lead vocalist from good charlotte in the story um but like if it's if it's a joke and i say this again like if it's a joke the the eight there are eight or nine levels and layers of storytelling in this in the story that that causes me to think that we are dealing with the master storyteller of our generation. Like, well, that's like, what I was gonna say. Is that like, if this is the I'm always here for like unreliable narrators and like meta content, like right. the new Within the Wires novel is that, and I just I eat it up. So like, if it's fake, I'm here for it, and I also want that person to get all of my money. Yeah, like it's amazing. Like there is something about it where I'm like this is almost this is almost impossibly um non-self-aware to the point where it has to be self-aware right like like nobody mm-hmm. can write in this way it, you just have to read it like like it's 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 just one of those things where i'm like i'm like hmm is this a joke I, if it is a joke we're dealing with a super genius like like if it's not a joke we're dealing with a very sad person who, who we all knew yeah. in high school, you know, who unfortunately doesn't have enough friends in her life to tell her this is dreadful and you should stop doing this. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing. It's like the first time you listen to wizard people and, and you go, this is brilliant. Like what I'm listening to is totally brilliant. Um, but like, but like, it's obviously a joke and that's part of what makes it brilliant. This is, you know, I don't know. It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. There, there is so Harry Potter parody content and fanfic content is easily ten or ten, ten or twenty times better than the regular content. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hill that we're gonna die on. That's the no. hill we're gonna die. On. I mean, I loved a very Potter musical so much that it got me into Star Kid, and then that oh, yeah. was like a big chunk of my identity senior year of college and the year after like I went to a star kid concert like it was a how was it how was it it was actually great um it was in Charlotte I think and I went with some of my friends from college who were also just star kid fans um and like 
the like you know how is it Joey Richter who plays Ron? Like his yeah. singing vastly improves over the course oh, of his career. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we, uh, I saw him when he was like knew what he was doing, did it all really well. Like everybody was just really spot on. It was fun. Everybody there like liked being there. You know, like there are some concerts that you go to where you're like. Everybody here hates everything about life. Why are we in the same room together? I hate it. Like, I have just, I've been to like shows from bands where it's like, oh, your fandom are not good people. Right. Um, and then I stopped listening to that band's music. But this was like, everybody here was excited and it was, it was good. So yeah, I reckon, I don't know. I don't know what they do now. I have like stopped following them for quite some time now. But uh, in that time, in the I guess early 2010s, it was it was my life. It was great. Yeah, I love Star Kid. I don't know. I don't know if they're still touring either. I don't know how that kind of stopped with the pandemic and stuff. True. I know that, like, so I know Brian Rosenthal, who you plays do? who plays Coral. Uh, yeah. Um. So so my Star Kid story goes like this. So I'm watching I'm watching a very Potter musical for the first time in college, with Nick and Ange. And I think Beth was there the first time I watched it too. I'm watching the show and I'm like, this is fun. This is, this is cool. I like this. And, and Coral comes on the screen and I'm like, man, that guy looks a whole lot like Brian Rosenthal, you know, <laughs> like, like, why does he look so much like Brian Rosenthal? And then finally I looked it up. I was like, oh, it is Brian Rosenthal. Oh. And so I like called Dan, his brother. I was like, I'm watching a very part of musical for the first time and your brother's on it. He's like, yeah, I know. Don't remind me, you know, like don't remind <laughs> me about about what my brother gets to do. Because <laughs> I studied acting with him both in in Harrisburg. Oh. That's how that's how I met that's how I, I met them. Dan Rosenthal is my age. Uh, gotcha. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. But they both do. They both produce a YouTube show now that Dan um, Darren Chris is in. Oh, um, I haven't watched it. <sighs> I, I've been saving it, but I hadn't. I haven't watched it yet. But it's like they're on like the second season of it. Nice. But like they do that, and uh, yeah, I I love I love the Star Kid stuff. I I liked all three of the of the Harry Potter musicals. I um, do. I liked the third one because it was the one that Darren Chris obviously never read before, and so they <laughs> just abused him the whole time. Yep. <laughs> which is always great. They're like, come on, come on, Darren, come on. Darren's like, ah, I'm a big star. What the fuck am I doing here? You know, like, <laughs> I, I think it's great. I like, um, uh, there are moments in a very Potter musical, in, in all three of them, that reveal, like, that these strange college kids from Michigan understand Harry Potter better than just about anybody yeah um which is funny like to me so like there are moments when when draco malfoy in the second one when draco and harry meet for the first time and draco and lauren lopez is like ah my name is draco malfoy i am a racist (laughs) 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 i I hate (laughs) she's listed all these things and my father worked for the man who killed your father would you like to be my friend (laughs) It's, it's just so it's so deadpan. It's just so straightforward. I love it. Yeah, I love everything about it. It's so fun. I like that that Hermione too in a very Potter musical like all of those is a much better character than she is in in, in the books at all, and Absolutely. even in the movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Just so much fun. 
Yeah, like in the third one when she's trying to seduce Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes. <laughs> I have a place you can put it in. And, and Gilderoy is just a complete fucking crazy person. Uh, yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great. At the end of it, she's just like, what a fuck? <laughs> like, what, a little, what is wrong with this guy? No, I think it's good. I think that they, um, and it, I think it's a case for all of everything I've seen them do. Like, did you see me and my dick? I did. And that's also so good. Isn't that a great, that's so brilliant. It's such a brilliant, silly show yeah. um, that, that I, I would have loved to have done if I was younger. I, I'm a little old, too old to do the show now, but like, man, that, what a funny show. What, you're, you're doing it again. You rapscallion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you ever see Starship? No, I never watched that one. That's a good one. It's like a ton of puppets um, and really intricate and really involved. But like, it's like a spoof of like Star Trek and all other like space things that are not Star Wars. Right. Um, and it's it's really fun. It's on point. It's It's got this like interesting um conflict between like the individual and the communal that space stuff likes to do and they mm. poke fun at it in like a, a like i think a really brilliant way the songs are all bops like yeah i love it i used to like when i was getting the planetarium ready before shows and like opening up the whole building i would listen to that soundtrack that's which is just a snapshot of my life at the time <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I listened to the I listened to the Annie soundtrack, uh, the Star Wars parody they did. I haven't listened to any of it. I haven't watched it either, and I need to. I think it's Star really Wars great. I really, I think it's it, it's um, the music is really well, really well done. What they do with all the songs is they take like a line from Star Wars and they just turn it into a song, and the line doesn't really have to fit. They just that's just what they do, and so they'll they'll take like a. Uh, so like the big love song uh, in the show is is a snapshot of the speech that Anakin gives Padme in episode two. You know, <laughs> from the moment I met you uh, all those years ago. And it's just that really bad line, you know, and, and it, they, they make it into the uh, into the love song. It's really great. Um, the big like, like I listen to that soundtrack and get really pumped up. Because yeah. it's, have you ever like, do you know what it, what that show's about? No, like I know, other than it's a Star Wars thing and it's about Anakin, I know nothing. So like the quick and dirty version without like revealing everything is, it's about, it, it, <laughs> so it's about Anakin as Darth Vader. Like it takes place like right before A New Hope, basically. And um, it's about Anakin reconnecting with his love of pod racing. It's a, it's a sports one. It's, it's about racing. It's, it's uh, like, like he, he talks about, he's like the one thing I've always wanted to do, be a champion pod racer. And like, and like him and Grand Moff Tarkin and Mara Jade, like they all go back to Tatooine so that Anakin can train and participate in the Bunta Eve that year. Oh my God. And it was brilliant. Like, like I, and, and you like root for him. You're like, it, cause it, cause it, it feels like any other, like, like racing or like sports movie. Like it feels like, uh, you know, you're, you're watching the training montage. It's like Rocky, you know, and, and I you just want it. him to overcome and he does. And like this, this big, the big number at the end is, is called one in a million. So they take like the 
Han Solo. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. And they make this like incredibly beautiful like anthem. One in a million. <laughs> you know, I and love and, it. and they, oh. they do a race. They do a whole race. And they they put like little pod racing engines on everybody's hands and they like race around. And like an Anakin, Anakin wins. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really great. It. That's not, you know, there's really, in terms of like, just like stage musicals at the like level there's they're at, there's nothing to beat like the way they use props and costumes and everything. Like, it's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch it. Maybe that'll it's, be my snow day watching. <laughs> it's worth watching. It's it's pretty great. It's pretty great. It's not that long either. Um I mean they're all a little long, but like it's it's worth watching. It's a ton of Star Wars jokes. And so they're the the crowd for that show is very funny because the crowd is just filled with gleeful Star Wars nerds. And there are lo- there are one-liners in that show that like only the nerdiest and dumbest Star Wars fans would get. And there are people in that audience that are like on the cusps of hysterics the entire <laughs> length of the show. Like you hear this woman, like she's barely able to contain herself as she senses the Star Wars punchline coming up, you know, <laughs> like, uh, yes. like, like Anakin asked uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. He's like, Hey, Tarky. You know, they call him Tarky. Yes. Was, what do you call some? What do you call a real big fat guy that uh that that can't uh that they can't wait until he gets his coffee? And there's just what? silence, and and Tarkin's like, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but it's just so stupid that I won't don't think I'm going to be able to say it. What do you think? Is it Java is it Java the Hut? <laughs> <laughs> and and the whole crowd. The whole crowd, how you're laughing, like you hear that bubbling as this is happening, because they all get it. They're all like, oh, my God, this is funny as shit. Oh, I love that. I'm such a so I not to like toot my own horn, but I am a great fan. Like if you ever need a plant and an audience who's going to laugh at all of your jokes, I am. I'm that person. I'm the person in like a movie theater of 100 people who laughs at like the joke that was not written for the hundred, but written for the one. And I, I unapologetically do it every time. And Ian, bless his heart, doesn't even like elbow me or anything. He just lets me do it. So, yeah, That's no, I feel that. That's great. <laughs> Oh, man. Totally recommend it. Annie, hi- highly recommend it. Annie and My Immortal. Go look <laughs> them both up. Enjoy your time. Also, the Moaning Myrtles. Moaning Myrtles, great great little thing there they got going on. Um, That's what I got. Yeah. Uh, is this is this really the mini-show? I mean, we've been going for 26 minutes, and only three of them were the Patreon ad, so I think so. I will throw into the ring. You don't listen to Welcome to Night Vale at all, right? I do not. I, I haven't picked it up. Yeah, I mean, it's great, and I super appreciate it, and I think that everybody should give it a try, but it is it is for the weirdos. Like, it is, there is a specific type of person whose soul is drawn to it. But I remember picking up Welcome to Night Vale, like, and getting on Tumblr specifically for Welcome to Night Vale. And so I was, like, aware that fan fiction happened, but it kind of happened around me and away from me like I never read any never really got into it definitely didn't write any um but like my involvement with like fan created stuff was always like really great welcome to Night Vale art that Mm. like 
there were a bunch of people in the Welcome to Night Vale fandom that were also in like the Supernatural fandom and the Doctor Who fandom and the Sherlock fandom. And I like absorb some of that stuff, but like none of that comes close to like what Starkid is able to do. And I wonder like where the difference comes in. Is it just like the ability to create things? Is it having like studied how to tell a good story? Like, yeah, because there's great, there's plenty of like great fan content out there that people make. But mm-hmm. like, do you have to be a good creator in order to make it? Or are you just like nurtured by a fandom? Like, I often wonder about all of that going together. Because there's also a lot of crappy stuff out there. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, I think it's really I think this is this is a good example of just like talent. Mm. You know, like like I think Star Kid, I think the folks that work you know, on, on the star kid stuff, uh, really just have a ton of talent and, um, and yeah, like that's all nurtured through a hundred in a hundred different mediums. Right. But like, but like, I do think that's the X factor. That's the difference between somebody who, um, produces, uh, not, <laughs> not that Tumblr content is bad, but like, you know, like somebody who produces Tumblr content who's still like is relatively comparable in terms of, the kind of nurturing they got right mm-hmm. um and um a, a group of people coming up with me and my dick you know right yeah like like i do i i just think it's i think that there's just a lot of talent that went into that and that's what separates them i do think that the in terms of like like let's say like the harry potter parodies i think that there are a number of harry the harry potter parodies that always that's like stand the test of time are the parodies that like understand the you know w- what is happening in these stories in a in a way that is uh, I think a little different than than other kinds of parodies right like I think that the reason why um, the very Potter musical parodies work is because a because they're well done and there's a lot of talent involved but like they they're able to tell the Harry Potter stories with versions of the characters that are always sort of under the surface in the books. Mm. They, they like, that's always how I put it. Like they, they feel more reliable than the books. And it's funny. They have an in-universe explanation for that, which is something I always find hysterical. Like in, in very Potter musical three, the implication is that Gilderoy Lockhart publishes the the main Harry Potter books that we all know based off of his lying about the musicals. Right, 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 right. Yes. <laughs> um and and it's funny because it feels that way. Like yeah. like Harry it, Harry as a character in presented in the books, um you have to dig under the surface to see that what we're really dealing with is just this weird kind of douchey character who yeah has this has this past trauma that that the book sort of tries to tell you this past trauma helps make harry a compassionate person but then we see almost no examples of harry's compassion right you know we're sort of told about harry's compassion rather than shown harry's compassion and in fact you know over and over and over the times where where compassion really matters harry just doesn't live up to that live up to it you know there's really no reason why harry and neville aren't friends 
Right. Except for the fact that Harry just thinks Neville's kind of stupid. Yeah. And uh, there are lots of times where that's shown. You know, there's lots of times when Harry responds to that. What What's frustrating is, and I think this is why a very Potter musical is fun and interesting and gets it a little better, is the they they're able to do the reading and like see that there's something unreliable about the way jk rowling presents the story mm-hmm. um even if jk rowling wouldn't put it that way the i always say this about harry potter jk rowling writes a story in which in which the narrative undermines the words of the story she does it all the time it's it's a i I don't know why she she has always had a problem with that, but that's how it always is in every one of the books. The house elves are a good example, right? House self-liberation, house self-liberation, house self-liberation. Yeah, but there isn't a single part of the narrative, not one moment in the narrative, that makes house self-liberation the right option. Yeah. Everything we're just told, we're just told it's right. But J.K. Rowling writes a story that that undermines that moral and subverts that moral and she can't be doing it on purpose because what would be the point what would be the point of of saying harry is a compassionate good guy but then writing harry accidentally as this popular douchebag you know who, who never achieves anything on his own like like what would be the point of that while still having harry win in the end you know what i mean but the but the musicals do a great job at like finding the truth of these characters and then like presenting them the way they almost certainly would have been. Right. You know, yeah. uh, Hermione is just abused constantly by her friends. And so that's just what we do. We don't dress it up. We don't we don't dress it up just how it's dressed up in the books as this like chord of three Harry, Ron and Hermione that the golden trio that you know, complement each other and, and are able to achieve their goals. No, Hermione does everybody's homework. <laughs> That's what the story tells us. Hermione does everybody's homework. Harry only hangs out with Hermione one-on-one when Ron and him are fighting. Yep. <laughs> so Harry doesn't like Hermione anyway. Ron inexplicably likes Hermione. But we only know that because the only reason we don't know that is because Harry is so self-absorbed that he's never once said, so, Ron, how do you feel about Hermione? Right. <laughs> like, he's he's so self-absorbed. Um, I love it. I think that's why I think like I think that that's like one of the um, secrets to good parody. A secret to Ooh, a good yeah. parody is is. Um, making your parody more reliable than the source material. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to think about that for a while because I think that there's something both very true about that, but then also um, you really have to have a lot of self-assurance as the person doing the parody of like, Oh, I see through this author. I see like, I see more than what the author themselves sees. Um, And I think it's really like, not easy to do, but I think like we've kind of talked through how you do that with Harry Potter. Uh, and probably you kind of, I bet that Annie probably does the same thing. Like you mm-hmm. need to see through George Lucas with Star Wars, which again, a lot of people have done. 
But I wonder, like, what a really good parody of something more obscure would look like. Like, if you were to parody, I mean, Dune is no longer obscure, but before Dune had its most recent revival. Then again, maybe that's what uh, Tremors is. This is just a good Dune parody. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> maybe knows? it is. Like, there's lots of ways to do bad parodies. Mm-hmm. And and those are lo- those are like the... Um like the uh the parody mo- like like what is it epic movie a uh, scary movie you know like those oh, movies yeah. like like i consider them to be like the bottom of the barrel like worst <laughs> pieces of art human beings have produced it's like steampunk is just a tiny bit above that and then like <laughs> after that is is like these really bad movies um like those movies are parodies but like who cares like they they're not they're they're meant to entertain somebody in that exact moment mm-hmm. you know in that exact context and after that context is over then they they don't mean anything they're they're relics they they mean nothing they they don't really get at um the inherent silliness of the source material or the inherent you know weirdness of the source material like epic what is it meet the spartans it's like one of my wife's favorite movies which i'm still shocked by like my brain can't quite comprehend it meet the spartans you mean that 300 parody yeah with kevin sorbo <laughs> yeah okay um but like i just rewatched the movie with her a few months ago and i barely made it out with my life you know like like it was but but it was awful and and it, it doesn't have like a sense of what makes 300 silly you know it's just this weird movie that that just wears the 300 clothes and then like does its thing but like a really good parody of of like 300 would parody you know the uh the all the all the masculinity in 300 it would parody that to Mm. to a point of absurdity you know and and it would show that underneath the surface of all this masculinity you know porn is uh none of that is is insecurity or is whatever I don't know. I have no, I am not a, an expert in any of this. I, I just, right. just, I'm just riffing, but it's But no, that sounds right to me. And, and I think like also there's a, um, I, like, I think a lot of people think that like parody is just making fun of someone and, and that's something that anybody can do. But I think there's a real skill to it. Like, just like, I think there's a real skill to like, good fanfic and just good fan anything is there's you have to have a level of chops to it for it to be something that that really hits you i agree Um, yeah which is why uh often all of the uh conservative christian things about the bible uh are terrible parodies of the bible because they uh, don't understand it and aren't skillfully done that is uh, uh correct i agree tying it back to the podcast we actually have that's right that's right Shall I wrap this mini-soda? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Friends, thanks for listening. This has been a mini-soda of What the Hell is a Pastor. We are Spangs Reebok and the Dude. We will see you next time. What the Hell is a Pastor is a part of the Disruptive Disciples Podcast Network. Our theme song is written by Joe Shomolf, performed by Joe Shomolf, Ian Uriola, and Paul Uriola, and produced by Paul Uriola. Email us at wtheckisapastor at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash disruptivedisciples, on Twitter at WTHIAP, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash WTHIAP. 
where you can get access to pillow talk, signed cards, episode suggestions, and so much more. Thanks for listening. And remember, friends, Ethan owes me all the money in his wallet.